Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grace Anatomy podcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Corallo, and today, Alex is back with me. Hi, Alex. I'm back. <laughs> Hi, Giuseppe. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. What about you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Thanks for having me back on. Okay. So, did you happen to watch the original series Gossip Girl? I mean, not the reboot, the, the series I, around the CW. I never did. I never watched that show. Okay. You know why? Because you said, I'm back. And you said in a way uh, that a character used to say it in Gossip Girl. So I was thinking, oh, maybe he's a fan of Gossip Girl as well. I loved Gossip Girl. So I really, I feel like, I feel like I would like it. So maybe at some point I'll give it a chance, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely should check it out. But again, not a reboot, which is not good. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. And if you love New York, you're just going to love this series. I think that I'm a big fan of New York and I think that Gossip Girl and Sex in the City are like maybe the only two series that kind of really depict the, um, what it means to, to be in New York City. I mean, I don't, I never lived in New York City, but you know, yeah. Anyway, so, okay. yeah, so another week, another episode, we're here to talk about episode 16 of season 19 an episode which was called Gun Powered Elite. And it was it was a pretty powerful episode, but I'm going to go with a synopsis before we start talking about it. So, Amelia takes her personal problems out on her work colleagues, and the threats against Bailey come to a terrifying head. Lucas and Jules make a risky decision on a, pen- on a patient, and Mika struggles with burnout. Okay, so... I would start with what was like maybe not the main storyline of this episode, but it was an episode. It was a storyline that resonated a lot with me because right now I feel like sometimes at work I might, you know, reach burnout. So I'm talking about Mika, and to me, she still feels like the strongest intern and the strongest character. Like like she's written in a great way. And she feels real. She feels like a real person. And I just, I'm sorry for what she's going through for her burnout, but I'm so happy. But I was so happy for that last scene of Elm, you know, standing up for Yasuda and yelling at Teddy because, you know, Helm had to go for something very similar, but nobody was there for her. And now she's, she's there for, for Yasuda. And I kind of loved it. Yes. Yeah, me too. I loved that scene. Definitely, I think that the actress J.C. Elliott performed it just like perfectly. I mean, it was a great scene in general and what she said, but I think the way she delivered it was really, really powerful. And you could feel, you know, Helm's frustrations with her own burnout experience and how, like you were saying, no one was there for her. And and it, that you can tell that she feels for Mika and she feels for the new intern class and you know the system is broken if the interns can't even afford to you know live and learn to save new lives so yeah 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 i agree it was and 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 i think that the 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 actress plays yasuda oh my god i want to get her name right midori francis i think she's a great actress she's always believable you know sometimes we get all these interns like joe or maybe even Jules, that sometimes they don't feel like real interest, that you don't see the fatigue. But if you watch back the early season of Grace, when you watch Meredith Grey with her 
uh, dirty air or her tired face. You really believed that she was an overworked intern. And that's how I feel towards uh, Mika Yasuda. I think Midori Francis is doing a great job portraying this kind of stress. Yeah, definitely. I think in the, those early seasons, we really saw it on the interns, even like Heigl with the messy hair and the glasses. And you saw it on those interns, whereas with some of the newer classes, Joe and Stephanie's class and some of the other newer classes, they're a little more polished, even just, yeah. I think it's just the style of the show, just the makeup and the costuming and the lighting and everything just looks more clean and polished. But we don't really see that the interns look run down. Yeah, we totally see that with Mika, and I totally believe, like you were saying, that she's a very believable character, a real person, and has flaws and struggles, and obviously is struggling right now just to to stay alive and make it through a shift. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm curious to see what happens next. There are only three episodes before the finale. Actually, two episodes, because the finale is going to be a two-part. Two-part, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious to see where they go. Alex, you choose... Your next point, what was another storyline that resonated with you? I, I'm going to have to go back to Amelia. That was definitely, I think, at the forefront of this episode, having Addison come back to see her and check on her. Well, she actually came back to check on Bailey. Uh, that's a huge storyline as well, obviously. But yeah, Amelia, there was a lot of stuff that was reminiscent of her time on private practice which i think you know is why addison was like asking are you using and what's going on with you and you need to get yourself to a meeting and take care of yourself and i love that richard was there for her in the end and was saying you know i'm having my own problems you know self-absorbed blah 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 and you know people abandoning me and let's get to a meeting and i just think that there's a lot going on with amelia yeah yeah i i i'm so there is one thing that bothered me about this storyline. I mean, not particularly about Amelia, but about the way that, of course, this storyline was connected to Edison. So what I didn't find believable in this episode, I was like, okay, so Edison is back in town and she doesn't text Amelia. She doesn't tell her that she's in Seattle. She doesn't want to see her. And she just bumps into her. What if she hadn't? So I was a little bit freaked out. It's not the right word. I was a little bit, uh, how can I say? What's the right word? I was, I was, mm, I was like, this doesn't feel right. That 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 felt like a plot hole in the writing. So every time they were on screen together, I was, I, I, I'm that kind of viewer that just doesn't enjoy a storyline when it, when, when, when I don't believe in a particular story passage. You know what I mean? I see. I see. Yeah, I just felt like she kind of happened to stumble upon her. And if she hadn't seen her, yeah. what would have happened? Yeah. I mean, I think I think for for me, I see that like she was there mainly for Bailey and checking up on Bailey. And that's where her mind was. And she was only going to be there for the day. So maybe that's why she didn't reach out to. I mean, nobody knew that she was in town. But yeah, you you would think that she would be like, hey, Amy, I'm here for the day. You know, let's grab a coffee or let's do something. What's your schedule look like or something? But yeah, yeah, it was interesting because, yeah, if they if she hadn't run into her, you know, Amelia would totally still be spiraling. And oh, my goodness, th- she has, you know, a lot of resentment towards Winston right now. And that's some drama. My God, that conversation between Amelia and Winston. 
I mean, uh, Owen summarized it perfectly. When Amelia is angry, she's not always fair or she doesn't always make sense. Yeah. 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 yeah but I, I, so I'm kind of torn on this storyline because I'm sorry for Amelia and I hope she doesn't relapse. But on the other end, it makes for uh, an interesting and, and compelling storyline. You know? Yeah, definitely. I was like, I was like, okay, now we have dark Amelia again. We have some dark and twistiness on the show now. With you know, Meredith gone, we have that going on. It, it felt interesting and nice to watch. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll see. But do you think that Kai is completely out of picture, or do you think they will be back? I I don't think so. I don't think they're gone forever from the show. I'm not sure if we'll get them back before the end of the season. Like you're saying, there's only four episodes left unless it's like a finale thing. But I think like, you know, they came around with not wanting Amelia and her kid. And they were like, okay, uh, I can do the, the scout. That's fine. Blah, blah. I love you. So I feel like I might come around and they might try to find some way of working Kai into the story. And not necessarily all the time at, Grace Sloan, but you know, if they're in London, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they're done for for forever. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, and I know that those two actors are close in real life, so I feel like something will happen for sure. Yeah, for sure. But what I I, I hope it doesn't actually. I, I I'm <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of them. Uh, I mean, of them as a couple. I don't think there is much chemistry. I have to say, but you know what? The the point is that last season i mean season 18 ended with kai coming back and apologizing to amelia telling her uh, actually she told her i can't sleep i can't sleep and then they came. yeah and so for this season to end in the exact same way with kai coming back i think it will feel repetitive i mean not the gray's anatomy shies away from repetitiveness but i hope it's not the case and i just i i hope that amelia finds maybe a new love and maybe I, I don't think they actually, I mean, they will come back from this, from this crisis. But at the same time, I think that Kai reacted in a very bad way. I mean, when they told Amelia, I think we work because of the, because you get to be with Scout and then you get to be with me. I don't think it's fair. I, why did they come back? Yeah. It's like either commit or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kai has to choose what they want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, Edison uh, was back actually for, for, for Bailey. And I was so sorry about Bailey for, in this episode uh, about what she's going through. And basically they decided to resolve her doxing storyline with having every doctor in, at the hospital and even uh, some firefighters from Station 19 calling the... Um, you know, the, this violent uh, and stupid people and uh, telling them how great of a doctor Bailey is, how great a person she is. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. But at the same time, did it feel real? Because will this actually happen in real life? Would calling your, the people who are harassing you would actually solve anything? Yeah, I was I was mixed about that too because I was like, this is yeah, like you're saying, it's a beautiful scene. It's really touching that they all came together to help Bailey in this way. And like you were saying, even people from Station 19. But I was thinking, like, one is that going to resolve anything? I mean, maybe some of the people, like they were saying, they just want to be heard. 
you know, the, the, the people that are calling daily, they just want to talk to someone or complain to someone. But then I just thought, even like you're saying the violent people, like they're not going to listen to some other doctor, some resident, some intern, just because, Oh, Bailey's my teacher and I love Bailey. And yeah, I don't know what, how much that would really resolve and if it's realistic or not. So I don't know. I mean, it was a cute scene. It was nice. And hopefully something will come of that, you know, that she'll get less calls or something. I was super scared that guy that, you know, fake patient coming in asking to see Bailey and knowing, you know, who she is and her kids and all this and trying to attack her. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Just, just completely crazy. But this also gave the opportunity to Blue uh, to brag about the way he went towards this criminal. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of like when Jackson took down that guy when like his first episode, like what was that invasion when the Mercy Westers came in in the orange scrubs? Okay. I don't And he had to like tackle that guy to the floor who had like a hammer. Oh, I, I don't actually remember that scene. I don't recall it. I have to. And he was like, You saved my life. And Christina's like, No, I saved your life. I'm saving your life right now. He's like, Oh, you just tackled some guy to the floor, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me oh. it just reminded me of that like interns taking people down or residents taking people down in the ER and I thought it was cool that Teddy was like what I didn't I don't know anything about that the the yeah. patient tripped and it's totally cool bye bye <laughs> yeah she completely rocks as chief you know she she yeah. she's handling it she's just laying yeah so back to blue and 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 to Jules and to the other oh, yeah. I think I, I think I mean it's not a triangle, of course, but I I found this storyline similar to Easy and Alex, you know, and the way that Alex flirted with everyone and the way he kept yeah it was annoying for Easy and now Easy could didn't want to act on her feelings towards Alex. So the kind of remind me that that dynamic between Easy and and Alex, maybe because Blue as of now is a little bit of a douche as Alex was at the beginning of the series. They always, yeah, they always kind of felt like Alex and Izzy to me since they started like hooking up and they just kind of felt like that kind of couple in the series. Yeah. It's totally funny to see blue acting like, Oh yeah, I took this patient down like with that other girl, I don't know, nurse or resident or technician anyway. And Jules kind of being like looking and, caring but not caring but obviously she cares so it'll be interesting to see where they end up at the end of the season yeah yeah absolutely absolutely speaking about the developments i uh, okay to, uh, i'm talking about the joe storyline and uh, luna getting uh, having the diagnosis of getting of having progressive uh, deafness deafness is the right word right Hearing loss, deafness, yeah. Yeah, hearing loss, I think. Yeah, exactly, hearing loss. So what I find interesting is, you know, that looking at forums or Reddit and on Grey's Anatomy forums, many people complained about Joe's behavior. But actually, I have to say that I I thought that Joe was really human. He was not. Yeah. She, she was just scared about what was happening to Luna. And at the end of the episode, we get that she was scared because she thought that there could be something more, something like a tumor uh, causing her progressing hearing loss. 
So sometimes I don't get why people, I mean, I'm not the biggest Joe fan, as everybody knows, but in this case, she felt real. She is allowed to be scared. She's allowed to, to scream. She's allowed to, you know, just to, to deny what, what's happening to, to her daughter. So, I mean, I don't think that she has to be judged so harshly just because she, she was having a moment. Yeah, I see. She, yeah, definitely like sucks the way that she was treating Link and Link's just trying to be there for her and do what he can and be helpful in his way, which is helpful. And Joe saw that at the end, but yeah, like you're saying, she's totally human and she does, she is trying to process and, you know, come to terms with what's going on. And she was scared that, you know, there's something else going on with her, with her daughter. And I mean, I, I get like that, you know, I get overwhelmed with stuff until, you know, you know, all the information and then, you know, you lash out at people and treat people poorly and, you know, it's totally a, a human reaction until she realized, until, you know, she got that call that, you know, Luna, yes, does have hearing loss, but that's not due to any underlying, you know, illness or tumors or cancer that, you know, Link, I mean, she immediately ran to Link and, you know, thanked him and hugged him. And I definitely still think that they're going to come together eventually. But yeah, I, I think, think she, she doesn't need to be judged so harshly for that. I mean, it was just, you know, a one episode, two episode thing. So what's up? Yeah, no, I think they're going to be back. They are going to be together by in this season finale. And I think it's been like two seasons in the makings and they are really dragging this storyline because, and I'm sorry, because it means they don't have lots of ideas about what to do with them. So they're just, not just yeah. they're Will just, they, won't they? <laughs> it's been so long. So we got... Uh, an appearance by Dr. Maggie Pierce on um, yes, uh, yay with Richard with her father Richard Weber, and we got some new, we got some new developments about you know Simone and Lucas as well. So basically, uh, Lucas realizes that you know he just cannot resist falling in love with with Simone because basically he's a romantic and. And basically, it asks Jules to be to become Simone's maid of honor, and Jules accepted. So this shifts again things, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm so glad he finally realized he can't do that that job anymore of you know man of honor. So we'll see how Jules is in that. But obviously, yeah, like we were saying last episode, there's there obviously something's going to go on with Simone and Lucas, and this wedding isn't going to go off. You know as planned so <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely and and lucas and and again we have to say that lucas has some really horrible ties yeah those were interesting <laughs> i guess gifts from his from his dad yeah yeah to say the least okay okay interesting case there at least he won't be wearing those Hopefully yeah not. we yeah we won't be forced to see them <laughs> <laughs> So, Alex, what was your favorite scene or plot from the episode? Hopefully I don't take yours, but I'm going to have to go with Bailey and Addison after Addison tried to give her the juju, which one I loved, the callback to that Addison is still giving hot chocolate is, you know, good juju, totally, you know, reminiscent of those earlier, you know, seasons with the Denny was in the hospital and, you know, she was giving the juju. But anyway, Bailey just lashing out and, you know, Addie saying, you know, pretend I'm them, I'm all of them, and just say what you need to say. And Bailey really let 
let everyone have it. And, you know, how could you? And this is my kid. And you would hurt a kid in the name of life. And obviously you don't care about life. And what you're trying to say is, you know, contradictory. And it's just yeah, ridiculous and crazy. And I just think that was a very well done moment. You know, the writing, the performance. Yeah, definitely my, definitely a highlight for me. How about for you? What was your favorite moment or scene? Oh, with that last scene uh, with Mika and and Teddy. Yeah, I, I really loved Mika's speech and the way he, yeah. Helm and Teddy? Yeah, Helm and Teddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last scene between the two of them. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Okay, that's our show. And so thank you, Alex, for being with us again. Of course. Thanks for having me. Just got to say that moment with Maggie on the FaceTime was something I was hoping we were going to get with Meredith, but I'm glad yeah. that, you know, they had a little moment of Maggie back yeah. in there real quick. Yeah, it feels real to have that those characters still talking to our existing characters on the show. Keeps them alive. Oh, and 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 um, and the ending letter with oh god, who, who sent oh me. my god, oh my god, you're so right. How could we almost end the show? I totally forgot. <laughs> okay, me too. You know why I forgot it? Because it didn't feel real to me. That's why. I mean, it I felt should... interesting. I was like, why is she, why is Christina sending Addison? It just yeah, it seemed interesting. It was nice, but yeah, it was yeah, but he he, I, he felt contrived, you know. Yeah, he felt forced. So that's why I. <sighs> I mean, I mean, it's a young mansion. I love Christina Yang. She's, uh, I mean, she's my favorite character after Meredith Grey. So, but at the same time, it didn't feel true. You know, it does. So maybe. Yeah, just, definitely. No, I feel. I she would feel, have sent, yeah. like She would have sent like a message, a text, but you know, to have an, a, a letter in an envelope, an envelope that could have been lost. She she didn't know that Edison was going to be the, the one to, you know, open the package. So. It just, it felt a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's like, what's behind that? How did she know yeah. that she would be there on that day or this or that? Or Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, people. So that's our show. And if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review our podcast and tell your friends. Our theme song is called Inspired by Kevin McLeod. And our sound editing is provided by NH Sound. You can find us on Twitter at DensitaPod and on Instagram at Densita Grace Anatomy. Until next time, I'm Giuseppe, and this is Densit Out, a Grace Anatomy podcast. Mm-hmm.